Thank you. Uh, you can remain standing. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua what? Joshua chapter 4. want to continue in a series called Crossing Over Rivers and Taking Cities. Amen. Joshua chapter 4. You ready? Are you ready? All right, very good. When the whole nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan. From where? The middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. He said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, each of you to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign, a what? A sign among you in the future. In the future, sign in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off from before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. How long? Forever. Verse 8, so the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. I'm sure they were glad to put down those stones. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And there they are to this day. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, I bet. I bet they hurried. I bet they were hurrying through the Red Sea too. They hurried over as soon as all of them had crossed over. The ark of the Lord and the priests came over to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites, as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, of the covenant of the law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to the place and ran at flood stage as before. Somebody say, whoa. whoa. On the 10th day of the first month, we're in verse 19. What verse? 19. On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. 
And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the, out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up from before us until we had crossed over. Verse 24, last verse. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise. Amen. You may be seated. This series of messages was preached a number of years ago uh, by our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, having such an impact in my life, and I can say also in Pastor Kirsten's life, and really anybody that heard them. I uh, took the liberty of preaching this series a number of years ago. In fact, I think this is actually the third time that I've gone through the book of Joshua. And I argued momentarily with the Lord because, um, you know, there's lots of other books that we could cover. But the Lord really impressed upon me and said, if there's ever a time to preach this text of Scripture, it's right now, for this is exactly where you are. Once again, I thought... Isn't that what you told me the last time I preached it? He says, yes, but it's a new territory. It's a new place. It's a new hour. It's a new season. We're crossing over rivers and we're taking cities. And this passage of Scripture is so powerful. So we, we looked this morning at Joshua chapter 3 and how at the word of the Lord they crossed over the Jordan, which is at flood stage. It had to be a rather uh, intimidating experience to see a flood stage river. Anybody seen a river at flood stage? A while back, we saw one of the local rivers take a house out. My son and I, we were there and we stood at the edge and watched this house pretty much beginning to be dragged in. We didn't see the whole thing, but it was just the awesome power of a river. And so God tells them, cross over the river, there's this flood stage. We talked this morning about problems and how God will take problems and use them for his purposes to make us strong, to, to give us a, an experience. Yada is the Hebrew in Joshua 3, verse 7, that you may know the Lord. You know, you don't know the Lord until you know him. I've shared this illustration playing lacrosse in high school or any kind of high school sport if you go on to university and then you play university level ball, whatever ball it is, lacrosse, soccer, football, baseball, whatever it is, it's always a higher level if you move from college to, to pro. I mean, you really don't know what that's like until you experience it. And uh, somebody told me, oh, they hit much harder in college. I'm like, yeah, so what? I'm going to be in college myself. And I'm going to show you how hard they hit. Well... I was a little wrong as I was fishing my mouthpiece out of the back of my throat, having lost all my air and wind, and then I realized <gasps> they hit harder in college. I really had a revelation then. God allows for problems to show off his purpose to make you stronger, and we talked about that this morning. And so they're given this command to cross over the Jordan at flood stage, which is major. I mean, you can go look online. I thought about showing you a little video, but the last time I showed a video, 
uh, YouTube X'd our service and it got removed from Facebook and everything else. And, uh, and so I guess there's copyright laws and we respect all of that, of course. But a flood stage river is a profound thing. They're going to cross over and God gives them these very special instructions and he tells them, I want you to take 12 stones out of the middle of the, of the Jordan where the priests are standing and put them at the place where you're going to camp, which is Gilgal. And then you take 12 stones from Gilgal and put them in the middle of the river as, as a, a, rem- a place of remembrance, as a place of, of memorial. Now here's what's, uh, what's awesome about this. And I have shared this before. But at the place that they're, of their crossing was a place called Ben Arubah. It actually is the same place that, that uh, John the Baptist was baptizing people unto repentance. And so as Joshua and the priests went into the Jordan, pay attention, you want to hear this part because this is cool. As they were crossing over out of the desert into the promised land. Joshua, he'll save his people from their sins. Jesus' name is Yeshua. He'll save his, or Joshua, he'll save their people from their sins. They have the same name. You're all aware of that. So we say Jesus, but his Hebrew name is Yeshua or Joshua, right? So, so Joshua brings him over and the waters of the Jordan are cut off all the way from the Red Sea. And we talked about in different times of history how the Red Sea was blocked uh, even for 21.5 hours, 21 and a half hours in 1927 through limestone slides and, and how God could have just used his finger, but maybe he used limestone. What's the difference? He stopped the, Red, he stopped the Jordan at a place called Adam. They say Adam, but, it, but it's Adam. And he cut it off all the way to the Dead Sea. And it's a picture, really, that at Jesus or at Yeshua, the sins are rolled all the way back to Adam and cut off all the way and thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. It's, it's rather profound. And could it, be, could it be that John the Baptist was baptizing on the very same place where those smooth rocks were or where those rough rocks were in the, in the river? Just kind of unusual, interesting I want to talk to you tonight about having places of remembrance and, and building places into your life, into your family that are, that are memorials. I have a lot of keepsakes uh, in my office and they're, they're, um, they're, they're trinkets, if you will, from battles I've been through. And I've shared this story before, but, but I, I really like it. This is a sword. Let me tell you about this sword. In Molokai, I was pastoring there. It was very challenging. It taught us to pray, Molokai did. And uh, we were the only white people in the church that I could recall. And uh, we experienced prejudice, not actually in the church, but, but in the community. And, um, you know, we had people calling us haoles. It was Hawaii, and, and uh, we had haole, haole is, is, is man without the breath, is, is the real definition of that. And uh, it's quite an insult for somebody to say that you're without the breath, which means basically you don't have the breath of God in you, which means like you're just a, you know, you're just a ghost or something. And uh, there has been tremendous prejudice on that island. It's called the Friendly Isle. It wasn't so friendly. 
And you would drive around the island of Molokai, and it was just like the friendly isle. Everybody looked like they're depressed. When they first flew into Molokai years ago, when we first planted our church there, Dr. Morocco and the different staff that flew in, they all began to weep for the oppression that was on that place. It's number one in suicide per capita, number one in, uh, in all the horrible things that you could be number one and that you wouldn't want to be number one. It's number one. And uh, we got there and we pastored there and it was a life-changing experience and God gave us a great revival. But let me just tell you about what brought the revival. The Lord spoke to me, and I don't know if it was a dream or a vision, but it was one, either one. The dream is when you're sleeping, a vision when you're awake. And in the dream and the vision, I, I see myself running up this mountain where they would feed this demon god called Mo'o. It was, uh, and, and actually there's families that are dedicated to feeding this demon god Mo'o. And in the shape of the mountain was this picture of a lizard, and that was Mo'o. And they would go up and they would offer food and do all kinds of stuff, just totally... I mean, tormented. And by the way, all the families that were a part of the priesthood of Mo'o, they were, they were oh so broken in, in places that you just can't even imagine. Shattered, broken, destroyed families. And, and they would continue this rite of feeding this demon god. And so we'd heard about that. And I have this vision slash dream because I can't remember which one it is. And I'm running up the, the tail of Mo'o with a broadsword on my back. And I get to the head of this demon in the mountain. And I began to wield this sword around. And I pray in some unknown language that I'd never prayed in before. And I stabbed the back of this, this demon on this mountain. And the whole island shakes and the power of God is released. And revival breaks out. There's a couple other things. A part of that, I blew this conch shell. And I yelled and declared the kingdom of God, basically. And all of that took place in my dream slash vision after a 40-day fast. I'd never done a 40-day fast. And um, uh, so I came out of my dream slash vision. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, that was really dramatic. And one of the ways that I experienced the importance of a dream or a vision is by the level of anointing that is actually on the dream slash vision that I have. So when I, when, I, when I kind of came to my senses, I realized, whoa, I mean, God was there, and I went, man, that's intense. So I prayed about it. I think I told Pastor Karen, I don't recall, but it was a few days later that a man came to church on a Sunday night, just like tonight, and he said, I need to repent. I said, okay, repent. And he happened to be from Alaska, as a matter of fact. And that was before I knew that God had called us here. And he, he, he says, the Lord spoke to me on Wednesday night. And I didn't obey. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what did he say? He says, well, I'm going to show you. And he brings me outside. And we go into the, this is after church. We go outside and we're looking at the, he would go to his car. And he pops open the trunk of his car. And there is this thing wrapped in a sheet. And he pulls it out and he says, the Lord told me to give this to you Wednesday but I didn't obey because it really means a lot to me and I didn't want to give it up. But I have to obey because he hasn't left me alone since. And so I'm like, okay. So he hands it to me, I unravel it, and it's this sword right here. I'm, uh, this is it. This is what he unravels and he hands it to me. Well, when he handed it to me, I thought, 
Oh my God, that's like the sword in my... Oh God, I have to fast for 40 days. I'm going to run up mo'o. Oh God. I mean, I was totally freaked out. I wasn't exactly happy about it. I looked at the guy, I'm like, oh, thanks. He's like, oh, I thought you'd like it. I'm like, yeah, I really like it. And I told him the dream, and he's like, oh, wow, that's heavy. I'm like, yeah, heavy. So I ended up somehow fasting uh, for 40 days. Almost ate cat food on day 37. I've so told some of you that story. I remember popping the top. I've kept, you know, it was a Friskies or whatever. And I popped the top on the Friskies. And, and the smell of that cat food is just like, man, thank you, God. I was just like, oh, Lord, bless this food to our use and ourselves to your loving, sir. I mean, I done lost my mind when I popped the top to the cat food. Well, I'm going to tell you, you do a 40-day fast in the 30s on the way to 40, you're just about crazy. You smell food through walls. It's a whole nother level of hunger. It's a whole nother level. It's not like you want to eat. It's like you have to eat. So I popped the top on that thing and came in upset with my wife. And I don't think we ever got another cat after that, as a matter of fact. I said, you're feeding the cat. I was losing my wallet and my keys. I had people driving me around. I was just like really in another place. At the end of those 40 days, I ran up this mo'o thing directed by the Spirit of God and I put this, pulled this sword out and I wielded it around just like in my dream. I wielded it around with all of my might and then I took it praying in some un, unknown language and I stuck it into the ground. In fact, you can see the dent. Here, I'll let you inspect it. You can see the dent from where I stabbed the rocks. This is a memorial. You know what the Lord did after that? I'm not kidding. What the Lord did is the church doubled. Within 30 days, it doubled in size. And, and literally within the, next, within the next couple of months, I was released from my assignment. Pastor Robert took over Molokai, and I was gone off of the island. That's a memorial. It's, it's in my office. Do you have things like that? If you don't, I'd encourage you to do that because we have a tendency to forget and to quote Dr. Morocco, spiritual amnesia is a recipe for disaster. Where did God bring you from? Where did he bring you out of? If you go to Washington, D.C. and you go to the Lincoln Memorial and blaze all over the Lincoln Memorial is scripture. I don't know what they're going to do about that. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to chisel it all off the walls? No. No, you're not. God's going to bring a great revival in America. And God wants us to remember where we've come from. He wants you to never, ever, ever forget what He delivered you from, what He brought you out of, where He set you free, where He healed you, where He healed your marriage, where He provided for you, where He brought water from a rock. He doesn't want you ever to forget, but the enemy would love for you to have spiritual amnesia. In fact, the feasts in, in, of Israel, Israel's feasts are commemorating Moments of great breakthrough, deliverance, and provision. I mean, we just went through the Passover. You all remember what that's about. Of course, it was fulfilled in Christ. The Passover is when they would take the blood of a lamb, one lamb per household, put it in the blood on the doorposts and the lentils, and the death angel of Egypt would pass over. And that took place. For those that didn't have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and lentils of their own, then the death of the firstborn would come. 
So Jesus is the fulfillment of the Passover, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. As, as Christians, we remember that by the, by the communion, right? The Lord's Supper, we call it, receiving communion. The cracker and, and the juice, and we use grape juice. We don't use wine, so we don't stumble former alcoholics. But remembering is important. So let's look at this text. Two memorials are built. One is built in the middle of the river. The other is built on the, the side of the river where they would then camp. And it's interesting in verse 1 that it's, com it's commanded by the Lord to do it. So God wants them to build this remembrance. God wants them to build a memorial so that in future generations, their kids, when they see that, they can go, what are the stones about? Well, the Lord, the Lord spoke to us and brought us out of the house of bondage and he brought us into the land and he parted the Jordan just like he parted the... Ooh. So why? So they would have the fear of the Lord. You know, the fear of the Lord is something you need to cultivate in your family, something you need to cultivate in your life. You need to pray, give me the fear of the Lord. If you had the fear of the Lord, you wouldn't have gotten in some of the trouble. All right, let me, let me, let me include myself. If we had the fear of the Lord, we wouldn't have gotten in some of the trouble that we got in because we wouldn't have been there. Fool's goal where angels fear to tread. The fear of the Lord will keep you. Pray for your kids. Teach your kids the fear of the Lord. I'm not afraid of the devil at all. I definitely have the fear of the Lord, and I pray that it would grow. Amen. It's a wonderful prayer. We should remember and build memorials as a reminder of what God's done for us. What has God done for you? I have, in every house I move to, my kids know it. It's a little strange, a little hokey, but maybe later on when they have kids, they'll think back, and I believe, that, I believe they'll have memorials themselves. At every house I've moved to, every place that I've rented since the event, Prior to me being married, I have this rock. And on the rock, it has, it has a scripture from Joshua, as for me and my house will serve the Lord. That rock was pulled out of the front yard of a major flood at a house that I was at. Houses went out to sea. And we prayed, my mom and I, in Hana, interceding, oh God, save us. I mean, you could hear the roar. You could hear rocks going down the street. And, I mean, the cars going out to sea, people died. It was a horrible flood that hit that town. It just washed out all kinds of debris and homes and cars and people and families were lost. And it was terrible. And we were in this little rental house praying, God, save us. Oh, God, save us. And when we got up in the morning, there was rocks all over the lawn from the river that went right through the whole property. And it then it had then um, uh, receded. And we picked up one of those rocks and said, we will never forget this, for God saved us again. And we wrote in white, uh, I think it was first done in uh, whiteout, you know that? And we put, jo we put Joshua 24, is it 24, 15? We put that on there, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And we put it next to the front of our door and said, we serve God, he spared us again, he saved us again. Do you know to every house I've ever been at, I have that. If you come to my house today, you'll see the rock sitting there. And we'd be like, oh, isn't that cute? Oh, no. That's a remembrance stone of almost drowning. You need to have those things in your life. You need to have those things. Reminders. You need to have reminders for your, for your kids, for your family, for your home. Do you know the building we're building? Can I just tell you, there's a lot of people that are short-sighted about buildings. And I'm very glad that we've been discipled in a way that's not short-sighted. So what are you saying? Buildings are important. Why are they important? 
because it's a statement, and I'm quoting Dr. Morocco, it's a statement saying we are here, we're invested, we're not leaving, and we're here for generations. And I'm going to tell you, the building we're building, it's a memorial. It's a memorial. And to me, it's just I'm finding great joy, and I'm trying to keep my heart right. What do you mean? I had people laugh at me. And I just want to have a grand opening laugh at them. That's, I know that's not right. Lord, forgive me. Oh, you've never felt like that, right? <laughs> God's good, and he can do it if you'll just believe it. I know, I know. He said, but well, that's not very righteous of you. Yes, I'm, that's true. I repent. I fight those feelings of wanting to just rub it. Come on, God can do it for you. The truth is, there's always naysayers. And you know, God will always remove the scoffer and mocker before he does great miracles. You, you go look in scripture, do a study on how the scoffer and the mocker and the, and, and the, the one that, that, that poked fun would be removed and then he raises the girl from the dead. Smith Wigglesworth said, I feel unbelief in the room. I'm the guy's really hardcore. He's a plumber and he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then he just started doing miracles, started his ministry, I think, when he was 40. Smith Wigglesworth would kick people out of services. He said, I feel unbelief in the room. Leave. And, the <laughs> and he would do miracles. It's a, it's, when we have memorials like our building, like, like this sword that I have, and I've got, I've got all kinds of other ones, it's, it's a declaration of the glory of God. It's a declaration of the power of God. It causes us to fear the Lord more. And it helps us when we face obstacles, uh, obstacles before us. The fear of the Lord, as I was saying just a little bit ago, it's one of the most fundamental statements in the Old Testament. It's expression of faith and, and a declaration that, that God did took action before and he's going to take action again. The fear of the Lord is an amazing thing. And so as we move forward in the plan of God, don't ever forget where he brought you from. Don't ever forget what the promise that he fulfilled in your life, in your family, in your marriage. Don't, don't ever forget the past. The devil tried to cause you to forget. Don't do it. Don't have spiritual amnesia. And if the enemy can keep us from having faith, we won't move forward. I love hearing stories about old-time revivals and things. Not, not to make them, you know, something bigger than they are, but... When you think about what God's done in your life or in the past and in history, He can do it again now. And we need a generation that really steps out and shows up and, and shows off the power of God. And, and so I'm so grateful for, for memorials. I'm so grateful for, for places where God has shown up and, and done things and people remember. Come on, someone say, don't forget. Your testimony is a declaration of the power of God. It is actually one of the weapons that we use. It's one of the weapons. Your testimony. Come on, you overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. It doesn't say, it, it's not just your testimony. How many of you know you have a testimony? I mean, look at my wife. She has a testimony. She doesn't have to share it. I know it. But when she shares it, it releases power. What is the testimony? What has God done for you? And when you declare that, it, it really releases like a memorial. Because if God did it before, he can do it again. Build, build memorials. Build memorials in your family. Build memorials in your life. Set things up so that your kids have remembrance of what 
of what God's done for you. And I'm so blessed to be part of a faith lineage that's memorials. My mom hates when I share this testimony, but um, I'm going to do it anyway. I, I have a, I have a built-in revival mechanism. In fact, I, it's, uh, it's overwhelming for me to share, but I feel pressed by the Lord to do it. I have a built-in revival mechanism. What, what are you talking about, built-in revival mechanism? God brought me from so far that if I, if I just begin to think for a moment, I begin to dwell on where he set me free from. I don't have any problems and never will. What are you talking about? You know, here's a memorial for me. It's every mud puddle that I ever see, especially in the inner cities and streets. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Puddles, you know, puddles. Well, what's that about? Long ago, when I was a young man, 21 years old, I had lost my way, and I was walking the streets in Los Angeles, California, and Wilshire Boulevard. I had all but given up. I, I wanted to die, but I couldn't pull that off. It's like the Lord protected me so it couldn't happen. That's, I, that's the only thing I can explain for all the guns that didn't go off. It's the only way I can explain not expiring and going to hell. God, 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 over and over. We would send angels, and I have angel stories. I gotta write the book, Jesus help me. I was so thirsty, my feet were bleeding from walking so far and so long. If you've ever been homeless, um, your feet take such a beating, especially in the city. And as I was walking along, I saw a mud puddle. I was so thirsty that I, that I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought about breaking into a building so I could get something to drink. And then I saw a mud puddle. And the mud puddle to me was like, in my thinking at that time, the mud puddle to me was like the greatest gift that God had ever given me. I couldn't believe I found water. I was not concerned about oil in the mud puddle. I wasn't concerned about it being clean. It was the least of my, it was wet and that was good. And I remember kneeling down I put one hand on a curb and I put the other hand on the ground and I went to go take a drink from that mud puddle and as I got closer to it I saw my reflection when I saw my reflection I scared myself I didn't know who I was looking at and I looked in the reflection I was like ah and I realized that's me but it wasn't me it was what I had become it's where the enemy brought me it was a I was, I was a thin, gone, I looked like a, some kind of a vampire. My face was bleeding. I had, I had scars, on, marks on my head. My eyes were scooped out and sunk into my head. I looked and I began to weep. And I remember my tears hitting that, that mud puddle. Tear after tears, I wept and wept. And I said to the Lord, I said, God, save me, God. Save me, God. Oh, God, save me. And I sat there and wept until the moment passed, and I took a long drink off the mud puddle. And I got up. 
satisfied from my thirst and drinking a bunch of dirty, oily water in the streets of Los Angeles. When I see mud puddles in inner cities now, I go, oh yeah, God set me free. He set me free. He delivered me. And He can deliver you. He can help you. He can save you. He can free you. Depression, anxiety, addiction, affliction. He can do it. And you got to make a memorial. Don't ever forget what God has done for you. Don't ever forget what God has done. Don't let the enemy rob you of your memory, rob you of your testimony. Stand up on your feet. Begin to shout and clap to God with a voice of triumph tonight. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Come on, where were you? Think about where you were a year ago. Think about where you were two years ago. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and healing me and setting me free. I charge you to set up memorials in your life. Set up memorials in your life. I've got them on my fridge. I have them all over my house, all over my life. I have them. On my fridge, I have a little piece of paper from Randy Hufford. It's a photograph, and it says, it's a sunrise, and it says, my most important appointment today is with God in prayer. I've had it for 25 years. Amen. And I remember when he handed it to me. And I had one foot in the world and another one on a banana peel. And he tried to encourage me to come to a Dick Eastman. I don't even know who Dick Eastman is. He tried to encourage me to come to a Dick Eastman meeting. He like begged me. I thought he was so weird, Pastor Kirsten. Pastor Randy, he says, hey, you're like Caleb. You're like Caleb. You need to come to this. I'm like, dude, get away from me. Yeah, but you know what? He's still like that. And I thank God for Randy. He's one of my close friends and intercessors. He's such an amazing man of God. And he gave this thing to me, and it really meant something after I began to realize that my most important appointment every day is with God in prayer. And I don't know how it got back on our fridge. I didn't even see it for a few years, but it's there now. Did you do that? You have any memorials? What are they? Listen, the memorials of disaster and destruction, demonic memorials, burn those. Get rid of those. Get rid of the, the jewelry that he gave you, the guy that abused. Get, get rid of it. Sell it, pawn it, tithe on it, and go to dinner or something. <laughs> go bless somebody. Some of you need to set some of your some of the clothes you have on fire because of a memorial unto the devil. You need to set get rid of some of your jewelry, get rid of some of your stuff. Come on, but I really like that it's really the car. Maybe you just need to sell it. Listen, I had a car that was a memorial unto the devil, man. I mean, it was like so much demonic stuff happening that I wanted to keep it. It was nice. It was a BMW, you know, nice beamer. The Lord's like, you're not keeping that. Every time I get it, I felt like a devil would jump on me. Finally, I sold it. The guy I sold it to, like, did backflips. He got such a great deal. Don't be enamored by stuff. Get rid of, the, get rid of your demonic reminders. 
Get rid of them and start setting up memorials under the Lord for your kids, for your family. Did you get something? Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. God, we thank you. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. We remember, God, what you've done. And we declare that what you did before, you're going to do again. What you did in past times, you're going to do today. You can do it right now. And, Lord, we declare that our building will be a memorial under the glory of God. That which man said is impossible is possible with God. With God, nothing is impossible. God, we pray, release your fire. Release your power. Release your anointing upon our families, God. Oh, hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. You see, that's me, Pastor. Well, if that's you, you want to be reconciled to the Lord, you want to be born again, you want heaven to be your home, or you want to recommit because you drifted. Pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus to die in my place to rise again from the grave for me come into my heart come into my life and be my Lord be my Savior wash me cleanse me make me new amen lift your hands one more time Holy Spirit I have the hardest time remembering names I I'm trying, but I see the word of the Lord over this couple right here, and I'm going to prophesy over you. I'm coming to you. Here's what the Lord says. The Lord says, I'm turning things around, and what the enemy meant for evil, I'm turning for good. And there's a report that they're going to be, that they will hear in their ear and they will turn and return from the place that they came. And I'm bringing peace to your home. I'm bringing peace in a way that's absolutely astounding. And I'm going to bring back those that are carried off into captivity. I'm going to bring them back. And I'm going to restore all the years that the locusts have taken. Joel 2.25. The enemy has fought very hard to keep you in a place of discouragement. But his power is broken. This day, hope and courage is restored. You can feel your heart beginning to beat again. You feel the wind of the Spirit in your sails once again. I know you. I formed you. I fashioned you. You are my precious possession and the object of, the object of my love says the Lord no good thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly level places for your feet he's strengthening your knees he's strengthening your hands he's strengthening he's helping you come on just lift up your voice and worship God come on just worship him Every boy, every girl, every man. 
your power. Release your encouragement. Release your fire. Demon powers bound and broken off of God's people. We declare it shall be done. And we will tell our children of it. We will make memorials. We will bring to remembrance. Thank you for delivering us in times past. Do it again. Bring us over the rivers. Help us to take the cities God has intended for Israel. Do it for us in this land, God. Do it for us. Do it for us in the name of Jesus. Give us the whole state of Alaska. Give us America. Give us nations. We're asking you today, God, give us nations.
tonight by the power of the name of Jesus. I command darkness to break your hold off of God's people, off of this territory, off of our state, off of our nation. Raise up a militant army of believers. Raise up a mighty army of God. Raise up an army of righteous, spirit-filled people that will hold out the Word of God in a crooked and a depraved generation, building memorials and declaring the kingdom of God is at hand. And we thank you and we praise you. Put your hands together for the Lord.